Welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Those are the things. Also, don't forget to check us out. Also, don't forget to check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod, where Preston's going to remember to post some TikToks, isn't he? Yeah, I next week will have been so bad at uploading TikToks, but this week <laughs> I will have been, I will have done the one that just came out. No, I will do the next one that comes out, but then... We've got ourselves in a real-time paradox this here, is which is a so perfect segue to Christopher Nolan. Confusing. <laughs> oh, man, we recorded the Watch Up to next week's episode first, yep. and so we're all messed up on time and tenses. Uh, as if we ever have it together, but... Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you segued into... Christopher Nolan, do you want to talk trailers first? Or you want to talk about the strike first? <laughs> uh, we should probably talk about the strike first. It's okay. a big overarching thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're getting a writer strike. It's still going Woo! as of right now, which means it's going on a week. Yep. Um, how long did the 2008-2009 strike last? It's a question that a more prepared version of me would have remembered <laughs> to ask myself uh, a couple hours ago. Uh, so while Matt looks this up, uh, just kind of a really dumbed down version of what's going on if you haven't paid attention much. Uh, the Writers Guild of America has been in long discussions. Their, their uh, contract with basically Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, has come to an end, and so time to renegotiate the contract. And there are a lot of things on that contract that they want added. Uh, several of the big pieces of negotiation are, one... AI. How does AI interact with the Writers Guild of America? Because you can basically tell an AI to write you an entire script, and it'll actually be like an okay script, possibly. So my mom has a theory that that's how they wrote Rings of Power. (laughs) This is complete AI. I mean, Amazon. So yeah, no, they could have invested a lot of money behind the scenes in it and done it, and just tried to see how it turned out. I mean, it would have taken some refinement, but like, there's some things where it's like. Yeah, I mean, okay, kind of. Yeah. It does seem a little paint by numbers in places. So that whole, like, this is an example of uh, where an AI would actually sufficiently take over people's jobs. Yep. Uh, Which, it's crazy, we didn't think it would come for the arts first. Right, yeah. Um, And so that's, that's one of the big things is regulations on Writers Guild, like, you know, labor movies can't use AI or like whatever the agreement mm-hmm. is. Like it has to be to like a, a, such a minor degree that it won't affect yeah. people's jobs. Yeah. Um, which they have not budged on. Um, that's one of the big ones. That's one. I don't, don't get me started on the AI conversation thing because I'm so sick of people coming at me about AI concerns as if they understand how AIs work. Mm-hmm. I have an education in machine learning. I at least have a rudimentary understanding of actually how AIs work. That's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, people are like, oh, it's gonna... People are gonna use it for bad things. I'm like, yeah, people use metal for bad things. I like the analogy that's been used. Um, steel is used for bombs and ambulances. Yeah. Don't stop progress just because people use it for bad. P- bad people do bad things. It's the same thing with guns. Yeah. You just got to make it harder. That's what regulations are for. Yeah. Vote for people who will put regulations on. Anyway, <laughs> that's one thing. AI. AI is a tough one. The second big piece is uh, the streaming 
world. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the way this is, some of this is maybe wrong, but I'm getting the, I'm just getting the gist of it across for lay people. Uh, basically, the way that royalties, or not royalties, uh, residuals work mm-hmm. with TV is people get paid. Uh, writers will get paid to write an episode, and then they get paid every time that episode is aired on TV. Same thing with movies and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And that's they have had a really good deal with that. Like that's I think one of the I think a strike there was originally a strike that led to the better deals about TV. Mm-hmm. So TV broadcast TV live like not live TV but like right. on cable television. Yep, those deals are pretty good. But that's but, not our world. Anymore. But that's not our world anymore. And streaming. So the streaming part has accidentally, not accidentally, uh, intentionally been included. The, the the streaming, the way streaming residuals work have been used. I don't know what the words I'm trying to use for. The way they're doing it is the way that the contract says to use small webisodes. Mm. Like small little web shows and stuff. Yeah. And it's like five dollars basically <laughs> for an episode and like and it has basically reduced so writers who write on these netflix shows one they get paid per episode streaming shows are like eight to 13 episodes instead of your typical 20 to 25 right. episode tv shows so one they're just out per season right uh like a third of their income per season and then also like a wildly cut amount per residual mm-hmm. and so it has reduced writers who uh, have like all, all they can get our streaming services uh, service shows uh, are back to a gig economy where they're like barely making rent and stuff like yeah. that. And it's basically, they can't make a career on things because they can't, they're just begging for work mm-hmm. and people who are working 35, 40 years in the writer's world are back to a gig economy is not good. Yeah. <laughs> it should be a, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, they're continuing to go. So that's the second one. And then there is, there's a third one. There's a lot of other things that are going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a complicated timing. It's complicated. Well, there's a lot going on yeah. with those negotiations. I think there are like f- five. Oh, don't quote me on this. It's going to be way wrong. There's a number of other demands they have on those, but the sure. AI and the streaming service ones are the big ones Yeah, that, they will that the writers guild will not budge on and good. Yeah. <laughs> that is literally if the two of those things don't get negotiated, there is no writer's career. All of those writers are completely out of jobs forever. Yep. That's a uh, yeah. Existential level threat right there. Yep. And so they're on strike right now. Um, there are shows. The uh, daredevil born again has been put on hold. Mm-hmm. One of the things you may have already seen affected. If you pay attention to this stuff is, uh, um, talk shows are on reruns, so yep. late shows and stuff like that are all on reruns right now. Yep. I'm loving seeing all the clips of Conan back in the 0809, mm-hmm. uh, where he's just like he's spinning his like I think it's his wedding ring or something and trying to get it spin. And yep. boy, he padded time like a master. Yep, Matt, I think you did an episode way back when about the writer strike and how it affected. We brought Andy on. Brought Andy on for that. That's right. He had more info yeah. than we did. Uh, go and check that episode out that did that he did a really good job about how uh that kind of led to the um pop rise in popularity of reality shows mm-hmm. uh what movies were affected by like big movies it so like kind of killed quantum soul quantum of solace it did uh iron man came from that because they didn't have a script from it they had major plot points that they wanted to hit and then robert Downey jr just basically like, Robert Downey jr and um 
Jeff. I'm going to let you ding for a second. Uh, <laughs> basically just improv the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of incredible when you think about how tightly controlled these MCU yep. movies are these days. Yes. Yeah. You you um, you either die a quippy underdog or a plucky underdog or you live long enough to see yourself become a multi-billion dollar conglomerate with no standards anymore. And that could apply to both the MCU or the streaming world. An like appropriate Netflix. reference because Dark Knight was also affected by the Writers Guild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, what was the deal with that one? I think it was because Christopher and his brother were writing it. Mm. They weren't really, they weren't picking or uh, striking their own passion movie. Right. And so I think they still like, I think that still was, you know, written and not improv But uh yeah go back and listen to that episode i don't know what episode it is uh so yeah we're in the middle of the writer's uh strike i'm keeping tabs on it because that's there are two really interesting things that i've been like that i have been interested in how that affects the world mm-hmm. ai and streaming services so i'm really yep. interested to see how this pans out yeah by the yeah. way i'm gonna get into my biggest most like biggest sense of vindication i've ever felt in my life in a second uh okay i'm looking forward to that um uh, so that's happening. We'll we'll see more things. Uh, TV shows. There, Hollywood has a a pretty substantial backlog of scripts already written. Sure. Um, and yeah. so we'll still see movies under production. The yep. things that'll be affected by that is there won't be like on set rewrites of things, like tweaks like that. So yeah. movies, like you say, Quantum of Solace, like they're stuck with the script they have. Yeah. And so we may see some. Eh, that script was definitely the third draft and didn't go anywhere else. Yep. You know, you know what worries me uh, is Andor season two is in production right now mm. and uh, they can get away with doing work on it because the, um, the showrunners can act in showrunner director producer type capacity without affecting the script. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does limit their ability to do rewrites on the fly, restructure little moments, think about things. It's like, I, it's gotta be really hard figuring well, that may, out on set. You gotta just go fudge around the margins a little bit. They may go on hold because that's what Daredevil yeah. did. Yeah. And both Disney. So I bet there's some Disney executives who are like starting to kind of, you know, hey, this is dangerous. And we're the biggest ones that they're <laughs> picketing. So we should uh, yeah. pause these. Yeah. It'll be really a, a huge bummer to see Andor go down. Yeah. Yeah. That would hurt. Um. So, yeah, that's that's what's happening uh, as of right now. It's still happening and people mm-hmm. aren't budging. So my sense of vindication. Okay. What's the thing I said years ago when Disney Plus was announced? Uh, there's going to be a few big ones. Uh-huh. What were the three big ones that I said? Uh, Disney, Netflix, HBO. So they Disney just announced Yep. Hulu and Disney Plus are merging. They're subsuming it. And discovery plus and hbo max are now becoming max yep netflix is coming back they're starting to see some positive gains again yep dude <laughs> called it <laughs> <laughs> it's my well-placed f for the for the, for the week oh my god uh, Amaz- i called it amazon, so hard amazon prime still survives though they're but they're I, they're gonna go down i can't see amazon eventually yeah, eventually, yeah. but yeah. basically yeah i mean the three major ones you know there it is. Yep. My my theory is the next one to go down will probably be Peacock. Actually, no, Paramount Plus. Mm. I think Peacock has the... It's got The Office and Parks and Rec. Yeah. So it's got some really strong ones. But Paramount Plus doesn't have a whole lot because Maverick just joined Netflix. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think well, Paramount Plus is going to go down. Paramount Plus has Yellowstone, right? Yeah. But that's, that's that's more of a niche it's popularity. Not. That's, really? That's really popular. 
Oh. Yeah. I don't see people talking about it. I don't you've see TikToks met, of it. You've never met Carter and AK. That's fair. Who's Carter and AK? <laughs> I don't know who they are. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I knew Disney would consolidate. Yep. That was um, inevitable. I don't think I ever said it, but I totally figured that Disney, uh, Discovery and Warner... Or Warner I mean, Consolidate. yeah. No. That whole like announcement where they're like... All right, HBO is the scripted men's things, and Discovery Plus is the reality women's things. I'm like, that's not going to work for very long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can get away with that press release in, like, 1954. Well, like, it, like they got the backlash, which we all saw coming. Sure. But I really, like... But but honestly, they were right. Yeah. That that is, if you're going to you're gonna commit to an audience, like, that's... Yeah. Statistically how those tend to line up, but I'm just yep. like those are that business model isn't going to work. Yeah, when not just have one. Yeah. Uh yeah, those are the news things that I have. All right. There's probably a couple other news things, but it's kind of the big businessy kind of stuff. Yep. yep. Uh before we get into trailers, uh Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has been released and yep. is getting wildly positive reviews from all and sundry. Yep. I love the uh saw a bunch of memes about uh jedi survivor like mm-hmm. people being obsessed with jedi survivor and then she gets cut off by <laughs> tears of the kingdom <laughs> it's like yeah that's fair yeah but sounds about right i need to put a bigger dent in breath of the wild i'm hitting another problem that the enemies are getting harder but i'm not getting better at it <laughs> there's like a there there are a couple of temples that show you some like um the the temples are all like little puzzle things where yeah. you, you learn a new skill or practice something and there's one of them where it's practicing your fighting against like a little drone mm. and i just i couldn't figure out what it was getting me to do <laughs> i just button mashed until it cleared it i just i yeah i could not make it work gotcha so i'm kind of faking my way through it yeah i mean that's what you gotta do yep. i did that until i was 22 mm-hmm. video games i've only just recently decided to like actually commit to figuring out kind of the, the inner workings of the combat systems of games and i've gotten a lot better yeah <laughs> it sounds like so much work though it does uh, well you it it it's easier when you have decades of just like the hand-eye coordination of yeah. just like the nat- second nature of playing the game right you have more capacity to think about like Oh, like where where the skills I'm getting and how they like apply in the long run and kind of stuff like that. Exactly. I was having this conversation with a, an adult chess student today, actually, about mm. how um, grown up beginners in chess just miss obvious things. Like right. you won't notice that your queen is attacked or something mm. ridiculous like that. And kids will make the same kind of mistakes, but it's more because they're just moving too quickly to think about it. Mm. Um, they don't have the ability to sit and process, but an old sit and process and still make the same mistake. Mm-hmm. Force a kid to think about it and they'll catch it. Right. Every time. Interesting. Um, it's just it's a it's a board geography thing. Right. It's how you internalize the pieces. It's like learning a language almost. Gotcha. So yeah, you'll get to it. Just play more games. Keep doing it. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you think you'll play uh, Teachers of the Kingdom? Eventually. You excited um, about it? No. Ah. Uh. Just waiting for you get waiting for you to get excited about a game that's not yeah dwarf, well dwarf i am fortress. i am excited about uh <laughs> i am excited about uh the advanced wars i haven't got oh, it that's right yeah um it's 60 dollars list price which is a little Oof. steep so i'm gonna wait for it to go on sale a little bit i think would be the appropriate on solution um uh, no just on switch oh on switch gotcha yeah so that's that trailers trailers 
All right. Well, we got a, a big trailer to a uh, sci-fi sequel, a real classic of the last few years. Um, <laughs> sci-fi? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fairly soft sci-fi, which I guess gives up the bit here. Yeah. <laughs> the Meg 2! The, the Meg 2! I wouldn't call that sci-fi. What would you call it? Dumb? <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's more along the lines of disaster movie it's so dumb it's sci-fi it's so dumb no it's, it's just dumb <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's sci-fi it's a very soft kind of sci-fi okay but like sort of sci-fi fantasy in the same sense that like uh godzilla is sci-fi i feel like it's do you consider jurassic park sci-fi oh yeah totally really yeah because that's like science oh i guess yeah okay jurassic park is very much sci-fi fine it's sci-fi yep the meg 2 the meg 2 i never saw the meg 1 you you get very upset about it when i bring up the meg 1 it's just so dumb yeah it's so bad so it kind of looks like they're leaning into that a little bit in this totally it's sharknado like it's that kind of thing like they know it's not good yeah they're just having fun with it they're going out in mech suits and punching you know um hollow earth monsters i guess or something <laughs> uh i don't know what those tentacles are is it like unleashing uh, other big monsters that yeah didn't exist? exactly it's like uh it, it's like a king kong movie what it, i actually wouldn't shock me if they end up crossing over with that universe i don't know how the rights work out for that but is the meg warner i don't know i haven't seen it oh you're supposed to know these things oh really yeah. I should, am I uh, the resident expert on the Meg? You're the Megspert. The Megspert. It's <laughs> a family guy joke in there somewhere. Ugh. Uh anyway, yeah. the important one out of the way. Let's talk about the <laughs> less exciting ones. Uh Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oh dude. Another one of those. Now that we actually get like dialogue from mm-hmm. um Mr. Murpho. Mr. Murpho. Mr. Murph <laughs> Murphles. I'm getting strong pee blinders vibes. Okay. Just like the kind of the, the in control, really smart mm-hmm. Killian Murphy character. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I love him in Peaky Blinders. Yeah. It's about time he gets a lead in a Chris Nolan movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's always so to the side. Like even in Batman Begins, he's, he's not even the primary villain. villain. Yeah. He's fantastic in that. Movie. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. But- so I'm excited to see, because he's also been, I haven't seen 28 Days Later, so I don't know what, mm. how he's like in that. He's good. Okay. Um, he's much less of the smart in control guy. He's kind of. Does he talk a lot? Uh, that movie always strikes me as a very low dialogue movie. I mean, he is the main character, mm-hmm. um, so he talks the most out of anyone that's on screen. But yeah, it is relatively low dialogue. Okay. A lot of running and screaming. Gotcha. Pretty solid movie. I need to watch it. Yeah. It's a zombie movie, isn't it? Yeah. I really should have watched... I know you did the zombies, didn't you? I don't remember. I did werewolves and vampires. Anyway, not the movie we're talking about. <laughs> finally get Robert Downey Jr. speaking. I yep. finally believe that he's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of people in the cast that we just... I'm finally confident John Peck exist. is... Josh... John? John Josh Peck. Peck is in this movie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, we're, we're starting to get the, the cast laid, laid out a little bit. Um, Is it just me or... Are Christopher Nolan trailers on average not very good? Yeah. The, well, on average, I say. Because uh, thinking back, I mean, I've been a Christopher Nolan fan since about 2008. Inception, 
the trailer never blew me away. Like watching the trailer, I was not particularly excited for that movie mm-hmm. until I saw the by Chris by the director of Dark Knight, and I was like, "Oh, I liked that movie." <laughs> Said little thirteen-year-old Matt. Right. Um, and then you know I went and saw it, and it was amazing. Um, Dark Knight Rises. I mean, I. I had no objective frame of reference for that movie because I was just super hyped for more Batman. Yeah. Um, Interstellar, I mean, the trailers were kind of whatever. Concept looked interesting. Um, Dunkirk, I think, well, it kind of, there was a lot of like cheesy moments in the Dunkirk trailer. They played the little home came for them well, screen uh, script on the screen, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like a lot of script on screen stuff for his trailers. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, more than more than other trailers these days. Yeah, I think Tenet is the only Christopher Nolan movie that I can remember being really impressed by the trailer, like the okay. one that I would go back and watch. Um, that three minute one, the um that they do the whatever that song that plays over the credits is in it. That one's hype, pretty hype. I guess um, I just don't really know if I do or don't like any trailers. Okay. I feel like there's some trailers. I feel like it has to be an extreme for me to notice it. Okay. Like it has uh, to be an absolutely phenomenal trailer. Like the Batman, the first Batman, Batman trailer or, blew uh, me away. It also could be, you know, like you said, I don't think I have an objective opinion. But I mean, also, <laughs> that was an awesome trailer. I Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another trailer that happened recently. Uh, like, the, first, the first Dune one. Okay. Thank you for remembering for me. Yep. You're welcome. I love how I have you and Kalen to just remember things for me because I don't remember anything. Yeah. Should figure that out. I need to get like an external hard drive for my brain. Just like plug it into my ear. Just hold on to my information, please. We're probably like 10 years from that being mass produced. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I feel that's like. going to have wacky implications for chess because like I could plug <laughs> an opening database into my head. Get a chess guilds uh, association strike going. Yeah. It's crazy. I feel like. Like, thinking back, I think the trailers don't get me hyped, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, the ideas that may come from the movies get me hyped. Yeah, exactly. Like, Interstellar itself, I was very hyped for, because I thought, whoa, okay, there's going to be some time paradoxes and wormholes and stuff and beautiful space vistas. Uh-huh. Um, but the trailer itself never did anything for me. Yeah. Yeah, but the the fact that it's Christopher Nolan movie, a director for whom we have all of this great goodwill... And when we know something about the project, we're like, okay, yeah, that's going to be really exciting to see on yeah. screen. That's where the hype comes from. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it might also be that his movies are kind of hard to make trailers for because they're not. They're a lot more dialogue heavy. They're dialogue heavy and the dialogue itself is not special. Yeah. Usually it's just very technical mm-hmm. kind of terse. Yeah. And it, so it's either more about spectacle, in which case oftentimes you'll need to keep a couple of your punches still to the chest um or it's about the sort of the construction of the thing mm-hmm. right like inception um they do the cool like city folding up and running yeah. in the hallways and it's twisting kind of thing but it's more about the the whole construction of the movie is what makes it so cool yeah this is just a biopic mm-hmm. i'm really excited to see him take a step away from like the crazy concepts Mm -hmm. because like we know he does a really good job with like characters and like tense like tense storytelling and like drama and stuff like that not characters necessarily necessarily but like this is why it helps that he has such a big cast he doesn't have to do character study Mm. um he can spread the weight a little bit i mean dunkirk was 
he he did some cool structural things with that movie. Oh, that's true. That wasn't, like um, a, yeah. but it was very much just a straight story. Yeah. That's true. But yeah, no, very excited for this. Definitely see it in the theaters. Oh yeah. Whenever that happens. Was that, uh, July 18th? I think so. It'll be gone. Yeah. Oh no. So sad. Maybe Oppenheimer will be our first episode back. Might be a good one to bring it back with you. Yeah. Let's do it. Sweet. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking time things. Yep. Um, Dune. 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 Dude, I can't. This is really weird because I have such a different perspective to the movie than you do. Mm-hmm. Because I'm in the middle of reading Children of Dune. Yeah. So like I'm read I my brain is right now in the legacy of Paul Atreides. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but we're seeing trailers of Paul and Chani, and I'm like, oh yeah. This hasn't this whole thing hasn't happened yet. Yep. Like his sister hasn't happened yet. Like yeah. there's so much that goes on after Dune that I am very fresh on that I'm like, I gotta I feel like I need to reread Dune to put myself back into that time mm-hmm. of the story, but I don't have the time to do that. <laughs> um, I am really interested to see, because we've talked about this. We talked about a while ago mm-hmm. how he plans on doing a trilogy of Dune, Dune Part 2, and then Dune Messiah. Yeah. And my point, having just read Dune Messiah at that point and being in the middle of Children of Dune is Dune Messiah is a setup for Children of Dune, yeah. its own kind of major epic. And the way that Dune progresses kind of leads to the setup of Dune Messiah. It's its own really self-contained thing. Right. But like there are elements that like that it kind of just if you ended it at the end of Dune, you're like, oh, that was like a sister. Like that's a thing that happened i guess right at the end weird boy didn't it uh and then in they explore it way more in dune messiah where you get like kind of that oh like this is what this means in this in the in the story of muadib and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff but dune messiah serves as more of a prequel to children of dune right and i'm interested to see how they kind of they'll definitely deviate from the book in dune part two Mm -hmm. in order to maybe like see the arc of Paul and his sister maybe reaching its pinnacle earlier Mm -hmm. towards the end of Dune rather than just in its infancy at the end of the book. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Cause like in the, in, in the books, basically that story is in its infancy at the end of Dune and Dune Messiah is the rising of that story, and Children of Dune is the climax and the like that that kind of arc of it. Right. It's more like offset, and they'll have to like shift that offset quite a bit for right. it to make sense for the second book or the second or the third movie. Sorry. And I'm interested to see they haven't referenced that, but it's such a like in order for it to really make sense, I feel like it needs to be a major part of this movie. Yeah. Much more major than it is in the book. Yeah. And so no references to it whatsoever. You get maybe one. It's also the, just the first trailer. So maybe we'll get something sure. like a reference to like, ah, oh, Jessica's pregnant. That's it. But that's also probably gonna be the act one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it, it is interesting. Um, 
yeah they have they have a lot of questions about how to structure this mm-hmm. it still needs to be kind of a story unto itself but function is that continuation point between where we left off at part one and where we hypothetically need to end up in dune messiah mm-hmm. um it wouldn't shock me if he also wants to do children of dune but doesn't want to scare the studios off right now by dude he would scare that. the studios <laughs> to shit if he tried to pitch to them dune messiah yeah. or children of dune yeah weird shit yep. <laughs> freaking nine-year-olds just running around <laughs> yep good stuff no, I, uh, I'm very excited for this movie. Me too. Um, it looks like he's getting a little more stylistic with the uh, the black and white fighting pits on Gaty Prime. Mm, yep. It's an interesting choice. I'm not actually sure how much I like it, given how so much of Dune was so effective because a lot of it felt very naturalistic right. and placing you in the world. I mean, he's got his visions and you mm-hmm. know, your weird drug stuff, sure, but... We're going to get more of that in this movie. Boy, are we. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, for the most part, it, it did a very good job of just kind of grounding the world mm-hmm. relative to some of the crazy stuff that's going on yeah. in it. Um, a lot of, you know, shooting on location. Um, a lot of uh, great care and detail going into the sound design mm-hmm. and the, um, the world design and things like that. So it... I don't know if it concerns me necessarily, but I am a little cautious, a little wary about sort of the hyper stylization yeah. in places. Timothy Chalamet is such a good Paul. Yeah. What a great choice. Yeah. Like it's, there's, there's some, now that I'm reading books, I've learned mm-hmm. how to read. Mm-hmm. I don't quite see Chani as Zendaya. Like when I'm reading, mm-hmm. there's like a little bit of a difference. I see a little bit like, a variation in my mind from her mm-hmm. but i just see tim like timothy tim timothy Shelley. we're on first name basis you know yeah. nickname i call him timmy sometimes mm-hmm. uh i just see him when i'm reading it <laughs> um that's just a, such a great casting i don't yeah. really see i don't see jason momoa as duncan idaho not at all fair because he's supposed to be like leaner yeah like and that's not what Jason, but Jason Momoa has is leaner in other movies than this one. Yeah. And he's, he's like put on dude. a few. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like leaner and he's like more fresh cut and he's like paler. Yeah. Is I think how they describe it. Um, and so I just like, don't see him at all. Yep. I do see Josh Brolin as Gurney. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Works well. Um, he needs to sing more though. We need, did he sing it all in the first I one? I don't think he sang it all in the That's first so one, which lame. is a bit of a disappointment, because he's supposed to be the whole... Give me that set, please. Yeah. Halicet? Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah. But yeah, he's the whole cool thing about him is he's this he's whole... He's like partially bard. Yeah. He's a bard fighter. Yeah. Come on. Warrior poet. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm I'm excited. I'm, yeah. I've gotten back into reading consistently, and Good. I'm getting much more into it. There is... And, in children of dune i'll tell you on the way home in children mm-hmm. of dune there's like one paragraph that if i had done my adhd thing where like i kind of like skimmed past it and didn't process it i would be so confused right now because it's just like one thing that happens and i'm like oh i'm really glad i caught that because then there's a chapter and person's back and i'm like what <laughs> but like i knew that that was coming but if i hadn't caught that i'd be so freaking confused right but yeah so i'm excited for dune um excited for Oppenheimer. 
I'm excited for Meg 2. Not going to see it. Don't care. We need to see Guardians. Yeah, we should see Guardians. I heard it's really, really good. Really emotional. I hear it's okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We listen to different people. Yep. Shoust me? We shoust. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and, you know, most of the other usual places. We have a TikTok, at Just Us Losers Pod, where we sure talk the ticks. Ambliona Americanum. What? Ambliona Americanum. What are you saying? <laughs> Look it up. Or don't. It's kind of gross. We have a Facebook, apparently. So I'm told. My producer's telling me right now. Uh, Twitter, at Just Us Losers Pod. Yep. Okay. Uh, Instagram, also at Just Us Losers Pod. We do have a Gmail, JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com. Where someone look into this a little bit. How complicated would it be to do a Kong versus Godzilla versus the Meg? Would, would that be feasible? Oh yeah, Nick sent an email. He said I should sing an entire episode. Um, apparently I said that at some point in the past. I do remember you saying that. <laughs> okay, I don't. I filtered <laughs> that one out apparently. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know. If we find a, a good excuse for me to sing through an episode, I guess we can make it happen. Maybe if we get a La La Land sequel. La 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 Land. E.T. Land. I <laughs> <laughs> saw so you doing the little solfege up. <laughs> Don't read me so far, Leslie. <laughs> Tinnyland, sequel to La La Land. Uh, so we get back together and break up again. It's just more crushing the second time. Yeah. <laughs> they could do a, a prequel. So So Land. So So Land. <laughs> They're both just okay at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think that's uh, that's enough of that. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.